You ever feel like it's musical chairs when the music stops, you have to find your seat? <laughs> Good morning. We're so glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. As we turn our attention to some very serious and spiritual things from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. If you would just please remain seated as we start singing, holy, holy, holy.
Heavenly Father, we worship a thrice holy God. And we are so grateful that because of the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ, that we are justified before you. And we can come into your presence lifting our honor, our glory, and our praise to you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign creator of the universe. Father, we desire to worship you this morning. We ask that the distractions would be put away so that we can focus our time and our attention on you and you alone. May you receive the praise and the glory from our lips, from our hearts, and from our minds and our attention this morning. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church. It's great to see everyone this morning. If this is your first time visiting or you've been coming a while and we haven't connected with you, we'd love to do that. There's a couple ways. You can go out in the atrium to the welcome desk. There'd be someone there that would love, love to speak with you. Also, you can do that digitally. We have set up a digital platform, and you can text the word CONNECT to the phone number 904-441-6900. And that number, you can put, you will, when you get there, you will see the CONNECT card. Please fill that out. Also, if you have a prayer request, that's a great way to ask for prayer or we can come alongside of you by texting the same phone number, the same uh, connect word for that. Also for news, that's our digital bulletin. And that is a great way you can text the word news to the same phone number and that will take you also to that digital bulletin and you can read and see what's going on in the life of the church even during the middle of the week. I just wanna encourage you to do that. Just a couple of things I wanna share with you this morning. Our first one is our guys. February the 4th, called Champion. They're having an event here at the church. I encourage you to go out in the atrium if you haven't signed up yet. You can also go to the church website and sign up there. But I encourage you to go. I hear good barbecue, a great speaker. I hear axe throwing, mm, bull riding. Mm, not sure about that, but Pastor Walter might be able to answer that one for you. I think he'll share with that. Also, um, I want to share something. Today is called Rise for Life here at our church. It's an, to increase the awareness of the sanctity of human life. And this is what we believe here at Anastasia. Human life is created in the image of God and therefore sacred and to be treated with dignity and respect. We will see to the needs of the elderly and the sick. We will protect others from harm, whether from abortion, human trafficking, or any other abuse. While the sanctity of life can be the foundation, we must remember love must be our motivation. At Anastasia, we're partnering with a couple of ministries. One of them is called Life Services. It's a crisis pregnancy center here in St. Augustine, and they give free support to counseling and grief management for men and women uh, where they have an unplanned pregnancy. Please visit the table out there. The director, uh, Karen Silville, would love to talk to you. And we have a couple ladies here from our church, Pam and Corman, that would love to speak with you and give you some information of how you can volunteer and sign up to do that. We also have another ministry called, called, called to Care. And that ministry is dedicated to supporting the awareness of not only fostering children, but also adopting, to come alongside, for us to come alongside those families and just be encouragement and support them as well. So I just encourage you for both of those. Also, I'd like to share one more thing. We have started here at church. You can go to our website. You can go, if you click on anastasiachurch.org, and if you look at the top, you'll see a lot of different names, membership, blah, blah, on there as well. And on that, you're going to see one that talks about businesses, Christian businesses. So if you have a business or you're looking for a business, you can just go click right there, and that will give you the information. And I have a video that you're going to see in just a minute to give you some more information. You guys have a blessed week. Thank you. Have you ever thought about how important your work is to God? The Bible tells us one of the first things that God did after creating Adam was to give him a job. It also tells us that most of the disciples that Jesus chose were businessmen. For example, Peter was a fisherman, Luke was a doctor, Paul was a tent maker, and Jesus himself was a carpenter. Isn't it strange how much we know about the believers of the first century church? Yet we don't know the occupation of the business person sitting across our aisle each weekend. The point is, here at church we are all family. We worship and fellowship together. 
We shake hands and hug necks, but come Monday, many of us negligently go our separate ways, while the Bible clearly instructs us to do good to those in the household of faith. Now you would be amazed to know that within the walls of our church, we have many business owners, tradespeople, professionals, products and services of every kind. Today, you have the opportunity to make a connection that will change the way you interact with people in our church. We would like to invite all of our church business owners to be a part of our new online church business directory. Members will be able to find the directory at our church website, and no matter how large or small your business is, your involvement will be able to make our church business directory as comprehensive as possible. Every business person that signs up will receive a complimentary listing. You will also have the opportunity to become part of the world's largest online community of Christian business owners where we can help you grow your business, increase your online exposure, and even give you personal assistance to help you grow your business. So enroll today and allow this gift to draw closer to church family while developing friendships and relationships that wouldn't be possible otherwise.
stand together, please, and continue singing.
now before you're seated as Bill comes. Welcome one another. Good morning. This morning we have a special opportunity. We get to recognize Connie Hardesty. She's been on our staff for 15 years. She, she's actually been playing music here a lot longer than that, but she only gets credit for the 15 years. That's how long we've been paying. So we have a plaque for her, and it says, Love Anchors All. And then some members of the choir have written some very nice things on here about her and some other, and some other things. But, but Pastor, Pastor David said, Connie, thank you for using your gift for God. And Marcia Elder said, praising God for your gift of music. And then uh, someone wrote joy. And someone wrote, so thankful for your friendship and service and serving heart. And uh, love, love listening to you. And of course, the, the one that really hits the nail on the head is the one that says, best sense of humor ever. <laughs> so we are, we are just so thankful to have Connie on our staff. And we'd like to give her a big thank you. And with that, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to serve in your house. Father, we thank you for the volunteers that, that come and, and make our service special. And we thank you for the staff that worked so hard to get us through the week and into Sunday. Father, we just thank you for this day that we get to worship in your house. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Father, we thank you for the, the opportunity to give back some for you, Father, that you've given your son to save our life and, and we can just give back a little. Father, we just ask that as we take this offering, Father, that you would bless it for your kingdom. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Boy, it's a blessing to see all of you here. And I just want to echo what Bill and the choir and all those people wrote on the back of, the, uh, of that plaque there. Uh, Connie, we sure do appreciate you tremendously. She also helps us with our, uh, when people join the church, she makes sure they get contact. And so appreciate you doing that as well. Just behind the scenes, doing an awful lot for this church. Did you have a good week? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I had a good week too. So, Hey, I, today I want to talk about God's purpose. God's purpose, or God's will, if you will, okay? Years ago, I did a Bible study, and that Bible study uh, talked about God's purpose and, and God's will. It was called Experiencing God, and it challenged my understanding uh, of what it meant to follow God's will. And it said, uh, it sort of posed this question. Have you ever asked this question of yourself? Lord, or you asked the question of the Lord, Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? What is your purpose for my life? And, and somewhere in that study, whether it was in the book or in the accompanying VHS video, remember those little square things um, in, that, uh, in that book, it, it's, it said, if you're asking that question, Lord, what is your will for my life? Maybe you're asking the wrong question. The question you really should be asking is, Lord, what is your will? Lord, what is your will? Lord, what is your purpose and how do I need to adjust my life to fit into your purpose? Do you understand the difference in the focus? Not, Lord, what is your will for my life, but, Lord, what is your will? And what do I need to do to move into the very center of your will? And, uh, and, and that was very important to me, very challenging to me. We're in a series this January, February, and March as we're moving toward Resurrection Sunday. We're calling it Lead Me to the Cross, and we're, we're looking at John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, and we're looking at the farewell words of Jesus Christ. And as we're on those farewell words, uh, we're seeing that the path 
of, of the cross is a path to redemption. It's a path to deliverance. But it's also a path understanding the will of God, understanding God's purpose. And so that we can put our lives on that path, staying close to Jesus and being in the very center of the purpose of God. So we're in John chapter 15, starting at verse 1 through John 15, verse 11. I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this passage. I read this passage. Jesus said this. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that he does that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Lord Jesus, thank you for these words that you shared with your disciples and shared with us through your written word. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to, to take this into ourselves, Lord, and help us understand what it means to be in relationship as a true disciple to the true vine. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So here we are, a very powerful passage of scripture. This is actually one of the seven very important I am statements in the Gospel of John. If you're familiar with the Gospel of John, there are seven I am statements where Jesus reveals uh, something about his divine nature, but also he reveals something about his relationship with us, and they're incredible statements. And Jesus says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the open door. I am the way and the truth and the life. And right here he says, I am the true vine. And the relationship is that he is the vine and what are we? We are the branches. Yeah, we're connected to the vine. A stunningly clear picture of discipleship. It's a picture that says that a disciple is someone who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. A few years ago, we did a whole sermon series on what it means to be a disciple and what it means to make disciples. And while we were doing that, we were trying to come to grips with our understanding of what a disciple is. And it was amazing how, how we really didn't understand what we thought a disciple was until we really prayed about it and thought about it and studied about it. And then we came to three very clear statements on, on understanding what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who is being transformed by Christ. Okay. First of all, that's really the second statement. The first statement is uh, someone who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ. You can't be a disciple unless you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. The second one is you're being transformed by Jesus Christ. That he's taking you where you are and moving you up to greater heights in discipleship. And if you're not letting him transform you, if you're not letting him, uh, him work in you with that life-changing truth of the gospel, you're not really a disciple. And the last one is a disciple is someone who is engaged in Christ's mission. So a disciple is someone who has faith in Christ, someone who is being transformed by Christ, and someone who is engaged in in Christ's mission. And so if you are a mission, uh, if you are a disciple, you understand that there's a relationship, a relationship here that makes all of that happen. So uh, we're going to look at that discipleship as a relationship in these next few minutes. Jesus said, verse 1, he said, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. And then he says, every branch and, and we are the branches. And so you got three parts here, okay? So you got the vine, you got the vine dresser, and you got the branches, Three parts, and they're all in relationship with each other, and they're all in relationship with the, with, the, with the branches. The branches are connected to the vine. They're getting their sustenance from the vine, and the branches are being tended to 
uh, by the gardener, the master gardener, the vine dresser. And what this tells me is that my discipleship is a relationship. My life in Christ is a relationship. I'm connected with, with God the Father. I'm connected with Christ. You know, I, I talked about that the last time I was in front of you. I talked about what does it mean to know Jesus, knowing Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. It's a relationship. And in this passage, the relationship is described as, as a grapevine, okay? And this relationship has a purpose. And the relationship, that purpose of the relationship is found in verse 2. And in verse 2, it says here, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that. And that word that means that a purpose is coming up. That word, in order that, that, it means that something is coming up that's important. It's telling you why, why all this stuff before is happening. It says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that for the purpose of bearing more fruit. As disciples, we are called not just to bear fruit. We're called to bear more fruit. Okay, bear more fruit. That means we're supposed to increase. We're supposed to increase in our fruitfulness. That's the issue there, to bear more fruit. We are supposed to grow. We are supposed to grow in Christ. That's what he calls us to do. So this is the first point I want to make if you're using the sermon notes on the inside of the bulletin. Bear maximum fruit in the Lord. Bear, not just bear fruit. Don't just bear some fruit. Bear maximum fruit in the Lord. Do the most you can for the Lord. Let the Lord influence you the most that he possibly can. Bear maximum fruit. You can be on the NFL in the game time. I know we're in the playoffs now, and Jacksonville didn't, didn't win yesterday, but that's okay. The goal is not just to get yardage, but you want to get more yardage and as much yardage as you can so that, that you can beat the, the enemy. Well, we're supposed to bear maximum fruit. We want to bear as much fruit as we possibly can in this life because we have an enemy that's against us. We have an enemy against the world, that's Satan, and we need to, we need to stand up, up against him. And so we need to bear maximum fruit. When John wrote this gospel, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, there were people in that day, as that first generation of disciples of Christ were starting to die out, there were people in that day that were coming into church and they were calling themselves Christian, but they weren't bearing fruit. That would never happen today, right? The Lord creates and sustains you and me in order for us to be increasingly fruitful. We should be growing in our fruitfulness. We should be becoming increasingly effective as we grow through this life. We need to be increasingly knowledgeable of Jesus Christ and his word and his influence as a follower of Jesus. And this, this picture of the grapevine is the relationship that Israel was supposed to have with the Father. You know, this picture of the grapevine, it's, it's really rooted in Hebrew culture and also very often in the Old Testament. Psalm 80, it talks about the vine. It says in, in Psalm 80, verse 8, uh, talking about God, you brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. And there was fruitfulness that was supposed to happen. They were supposed to fill the whole land. They were to bear maximum fruit, not just take a portion of the land, but to fill the whole land. Isaiah 27 tells us that nothing's going to keep God's vine from being fruitful. See, bearing maximum fruit is God's will, and nothing's going to stop God's will from being accomplished. His will is going to spread out until it's accomplished. The question is, are you going to be part of it? But in Isaiah 27, starting at verse 2, it says that in that day, a pleasant vineyard sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. And then skip down to verse 6. It says, and in days to come, Jacob shall take root. This vine will take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. The plan for God's people, the plan for God's redemption is it fills all creation, fills the whole world. We need to be bearing not just fruit. We need to be bearing maximum fruit. Maximum fruit, holding nothing back. And we do that when we abide in Jesus, the true vine. He's the true vine. Through him, the Holy Spirit is, is that life-giving sap, that strength that sustains us and nourishes us. We're the branches, and every branch has a purpose. Every disciple has a purpose. And we're to bear more fruit, more fruit, to show, show the world that the vine is alive. 
When we bear more fruit, it says that, that's, a, that's a testimony not only to what we can do as a branch, but, but to the vine that it's alive. When you are growing, what you're doing is you're testifying that Jesus Christ is powerful and he's at the right hand of the Father. When you are bearing more fruit, you are declaring that our Father, the master gardener, he is good at being a master gardener. For the glory of God, I want everything in my life to keep growing and growing and growing in his power. Being spiritually productive, making gains, bearing maximum fruit. You know what that fruit is? It's not just how many people you bring to church. It's that influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Galatians chapter 5 is just a great place. Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 talks about spiritual fruit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no life. These, these are the characteristics that describe a thriving follower of Jesus Christ. As a disciple of Jesus, as we grow older, we're supposed to become more patient. That's the Bible. I'm not saying, I'm not pointing to anybody. I just say we're supposed to be more patient, more gentle. Yeah. Why do we often lack patience and guidance and joy when we engage with each other and engage with the world? I think one reason is that sometimes we think growing in Christ should be a painless thing. We say we want to grow in Christ, but really what we try to do is we try to avoid pain at all costs. We really, really, really want to avoid pain and those things that are uncomfortable. Let me tell you, bearing maximum uh, spiritual fruit, it is not pain-free. It's not pain-free. Productive is not the same thing as pain-free. Verse 2. This is, what, this is what Jesus said. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. It gets cut away. But if you do bear fruit, guess, guess what happens? And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. It gets cut too. That you can't win for losing. Okay, you're gonna, there's going to be cut. If you want to be productive, it is not the same thing as being pain-free. Because when God is working in your life, no one remains untouched. We serve a holy God. I had a grapevine several years ago. And the first year I planted that grapevine, there was no fruit. It was just a vine that started growing. And the second year, no fruit. The third year, there was just a little bitty fruit. There's just one, two, maybe three grapes that grew that year. And then there was the squirrel. Uh, <laughs> Moving on the next year, I started getting more and more grapes out of that grapevine. But, you know, in order for a grapevine to produce fruit, it has to be cut back drastically every year, drastically every year. Otherwise, the vines will just strangle each other and it will not produce fruit. They'll just have a bunch of strangled vines. And so I cut back the vine. I directed the branches that were there to stay on the arbor so they get the most support they possibly could be. And... Uh, it's a picture of life. You know, God cuts away the things that are not going to make us fruitful. And, and pain doesn't mean that God abandons you. God uses our pain, and he turns it around in order to bring abundance. And so this is the next point. Let God use my pain. We all have pain in our lives. Let God use our pain, okay? So when pain comes, realize that, that the Lord doesn't have a purpose to hurt you. When it comes, that's not because God wants to, to make you feel bad. God wants you to bear more fruit. So let him use your pain. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be the best you can be because he wants you to bear maximum fruit in him. And the pain you experience, the hurt you experience, the grief, the struggle, God will use that powerfully. The Lord never causes evil. I know that from the Bible. But the Lord sometimes uses pain. Uh, here's another reason I think that believers don't bear fruit. This is coming from verse 4. <clears throat> Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Here's a picture. There's a branch. This branch is all alone. It's cut off from the vine. 
and it's not producing fruit because it's not connected to the vine. As a matter of fact, it may not realize it yet, but it's dead. The point is Jesus is the vine, and I'm not the vine. I can't produce spiritual results in my own human ability. Because, see, I, I'm not the vine. So this is the next point. Don't try to be the vine. Don't try to be the vine. Don't try to produce spiritual results in our limited human capacity. This is the problem with the kingdom of Israel. They were trying to live as though they were spiritually alive. They're trying to do all the things, but they weren't connected to God. They were disconnected from God. They weren't following God. Isaiah chapter 5 tells us that. In Isaiah 5, it says, Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. This is the nation of Israel and God. He dug it and cleared it of stones. He planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I've not done in it? Yet when I looked for to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? Why do we yield wild grapes? Why do we yield the fruit of the flesh rather than the fruit of the spirit? I think it's because a lot of us, we're not spending as much time abiding in him. We're abiding in the world. I can't produce fruit for God in my own power because I'm not the vine. Say that with me. I am not the vine. One more time. I am not the vine. Jesus is the vine. Say that. Jesus is the vine. I want to abide in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior because the branch by itself, uh, that, that's not abiding in the vine. You know, here's what happens when we try to do spiritual things in just human power. Here's what happened. This is what's happened through the history of the world. This is what's happened in our culture. What we do is we turn devotion into legalism. In human power, we view sin through the eyes of sinners rather than through the eyes of a holy God. And what we do is instead of repenting, we move toward rationalizing. And instead of aiming for forgiveness, we aim for permissiveness. And so here we are in a country that is founded on the principles of Christ and his kingdom with followers of Christ, supposedly the salt and light in this community. And we have people all throughout our leadership structure in our culture engaged in sexual exploitation. We have mass shootings on a regular basis. We have children being sold and trafficked for unspeakable purposes. We have, we have kids that are left parentless because of an abundance of drugs flowing throughout our community and our culture like water. And we hold up our hands and we say, God, what in the world is happening? happening we're not connecting to the vine we're not connecting to Jesus we're not going to see spiritual results by just more activity we need to be in relationship with the Lord we need to be seeking his repentance we need to be going to him in prayer every day and having him lead us moment by moment and we're not bearing maximum fruit. We're settling for wild grapes. we got to be connected to the vine. we got to depend on Jesus. But the first thing is we got to say, I'm not the vine. I can't be Jesus. I can't be the Savior. I need to point people to him as the Savior. Say it with me one more time. I am not the vine. I am not the vine. Jesus is my vine. Jesus is my vine. And you know, God doesn't expect us to be the vine. Jesus doesn't expect us to save ourselves. He, as a matter of fact, said you cannot save ourselves. But when I rest in him, when I'm quenched in him, when I follow where he leaves, that's when I receive the power, receive the power and the forgiveness and deliverance. It only comes in him. So I need to abide in him as the vine. So realize, don't try to be the vine. Verse 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's the secret to discipleship, whoever abides. Abides means to remain in him, okay? To stay in his care, to stay under his lordship. So I need to abide in the true vine. This is my, my next point is this. Abide in the true vine. And instead of trying to bear fruit on my own, let Jesus bear fruit through me. Give Jesus the credit for the fruit instead of me. Let Jesus bear the fruit. The secret to all of this is a Christ-centered life. Well, you were talking about leading me to the cross, being led by Jesus, being 
transformed by Jesus, be engaged in his mission. It's all about abiding in him. And how do I do that? Well, first, I got to do it daily. I got to abide in him daily. That has to be an every morning rededication of my life. Because, you know, I can get up and within five minutes, I can get off track if I don't put my, my eyes and my heart toward Jesus. So I, I need to make that, that daily, that first and foremost, acknowledge to Jesus that, that I can't do this day on my own, but I need you. I need your words. I need your presence. I think Christians experience burnout because sometimes we put working for Christ over abiding in Christ. And we burn ourselves out because we try to do all the work in our own power. And Jesus said, abide in, abide in me. Abide in me. I'm the true vine. My father's the vine dresser and the power's in him. Do you ever feel frustrated trying to make things happen? Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. Can you release that frustration? And just seek first and foremost that relationship with Jesus Christ. Let him lead you. Let him direct you. Let him support you on the arbor of his love and his care. Because if you abide in him, here's what happens. He abides in you. You abide in his love. And it says that the ones that abide in him, verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears, not just bears fruit, bears much fruit. He's the one who bears maximum fruit. Maximum fruit comes from trusting in Jesus Christ. And I'm not just saying that time when you trusted in him as Lord and Savior of your life for the very first time. It's a daily trust in him, a daily walk with him. That's where that maximum fruit comes from. It comes from him. So that, that path to the cross, it's a path of redemption. It's a path of deliverance. But also it's a path of growth. It's a path of joy. It's a path of love. And so I just want to ask you, are you connected to the vine? Are you connected to the vine? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Or are you just trying to earn your way into heaven? Are you trusting him? Are you connected to the vine? And let me ask you this. Are you connecting to him every day? Are you trusting in him every day? That's what he's calling us to do. You know, because we are, we are in our own power. We are weak. We are dead. But in him, we are alive. And that's when we bear fruit. So am I connected to him? I'm connected to his body on earth, his other branches. See, it's all about abiding in him. And when I abide in him, he'll be my strength. He'll be your strength. He'll be your source for increasing blessing, productivity, and fruitfulness for his kingdom. Amen. 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 That's my prayer for you. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, it is so easy for us to try to work for you and not abide in you. And I pray, Lord, if there is someone here that that has not yet trusted in you for the very first time, Lord, that they would understand how resting in you, trusting in you for our salvation is such, such a basic thing. It's such an important thing. It's a life and death thing. Lord, I pray that someone here is, is releasing that sense of guilt, that they have to earn their way to get your approval, that they, that they would understand that you love us already and that you want them to receive that free gift of eternal life, that life forever with you. Lord, I pray there's someone here saying, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord Jesus, help me to go to heaven. Because, Lord, you know, you said that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just, you will forgive us of sins, and you do cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. I, I, I ask that if there's someone here that has not made that first step of faith in you, that right now they're addressing you in prayer and calling on you for salvation. And Lord, for those of us that have already made that decision, Lord, help us to daily trust in you. Help us to daily depend on you. Lord, help us to stay connected to you as our true vine. And Lord, as we bear fruit, we give you the credit and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're coming to a time of response. If the Lord is calling you. I invite you to come forward, whether it's to be a member or to present yourself for baptism, whatever God's calling you to do. Maybe you want to trust Jesus as Lord and you just need a little extra help and you want us to help you walk through that step. We want to help you do that. So as we stand and as we sing, if God's calling you, you can come up to me during this song.
Father, we thank you for the encouragement from your word this morning that we are to abide in you and you will be our strength, you will be our source, that you will be our life. Father, may we surrender to that leading this week and may we see you work in our lives. We can see the goals that you have for us being met and being satisfied that we can give you the honor and the praise with our lips and our actions. Now, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.